The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health, and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we start the show, of course, we always want to thank our sponsors that help us bring this show to you absolutely free, week in and week out. Thanks to SmartMark Video. Make sure you go to smartmarkvideo.com, buy our DVDs of all the live events and shows that we do, as well as a download stream. You can also check out any other wrestling. We've got plenty of best ofs on there. So please, by all means, go to smartmarkvideo.com and purchase some AIW DVDs. Also, thanks to Angelo's Pizza, who feeds us at all of our live events and feeds us here as we sit down and record each week. Thanks to them. Check out Angelo's award-winning pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And anybody that celebrates Lent, uh, they have the seafood pizza right now. They got they have plenty of Lent friendly things, uh, I believe that you can get there. Definitely some vegetarian dishes. No meat right now. Make sure to make sure to check that out. You know before an AIW show, just go in there and uh, yeah. eat tell some food. We sent you. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you go to Angelo's, tell them that the AIW podcast sent you there. Uh, they'll love to hear that their sponsorship is going so well. And Please, of course, so they give us more stuff. Exactly, and of course, thanks to. Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our graphic design, signage, and apparel needs, please go on their website, visit them, make something yourself, business cards if you're a small business owner, like we are here at AIW, they can do that for you, small flyers, really anything, as I've said, that you need, they can do. They are at jackprince.com. J-A-K, prince.com. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts on this show each and every week, and I am, of course, joined by owners number one and number two of AIW, voices you've already heard, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. On this week's episode, well, the guys had an interesting ring rental this, well, I guess last month that was, back in February, so we're going to talk about that because it brought them to a new venue, and we'll touch on some other interesting venues that they've seen since then so that being said uh bringing the gentleman now and uh guys the cleveland convention center you were brought to 
Well, yes. Uh, I noticed my Facebook. I woke up one day, and like at 1 a.m., I was getting messages going, have you talked to Puppet the Midget lately? Puppet the Bloody Midget. Puppy the, Puppet the Bloody Half-Pint Brawler Midget. That's a full name. Yes, that's his government name, like uh, Jeff the Rebel. Like Jeff the Rebel? So... I've never. I believe, t- I, I believe he officially goes by Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. Yes, this is a, he has many names. A lot of aliases. I've never talked to Puppet in my life, so I was very confused by this message. Yeah. Well, I was sent Puppet's phone number and said, contact him immediately. Oh. Well, I call Puppet the Midget, and he goes, great to hear from you, Chris. He goes, I need a ring rental in Philadelphia. And I said, well, I can't help you there, Puppet. I go, we're based <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio. He goes... Oh, yeah, I need one there, too. <laughs> okay. 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 Cool. Pretty, pretty close together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up hooking him up with the ring in Philadelphia. Uh, s- shout out to uh, Smart Mark Video Gary. You see him at every IW show. Gare Bear. Gare Bear. DJ Gare Bear. He hooked Puppet up with a ring in Philadelphia. Oh, so you were able to make something happen for somebody still. Keeping the positive vibes of yeah. AIW 2017 we're, going. We're on a roll. Heartwarming story continues. Uh, so anyways, he's on this loop of every weekend, this one company runs like a tattoo convention. It's like the Wizard World yeah. across the country for tattoos. It's a big deal. And uh, I'm not really into the tattoo lifestyle, but they have all these celebrities like, uh, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, ce- what are the- Kat Von D? Did no, not that big. Oh, no, like uh, Ink Master. Ink Master, yeah. I couldn't oh, think of the okay. show. The show, yeah. Yeah, like Spike TV people, and then right. there was like some guy that was on uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Which, which this guy was a big fucking. He was the biggest dude ever, and I was like, this guy could have gave a fuck about the wrestling ring next to him. I looked up his Wikipedia. He's a former professional wrestler. Really. Yeah, failed professional wrestler, Robert the Bone Crusher Mukes. What a weird... I'll get to the story with him. What a weird thing to tell me then uh, with the story coming up with him. Hitting you with some news right now. So Puppet the... He was also in Drillbit Taylor. Uh I don't think I saw that. Owen Wilson. I didn't see that one either. Uh, So Puppet the Midget, Bloody Midget, or multiple names, needs a ring rental for a tattoo convention. Yes, so... We, we pick up the ring, and we had a uh, small crew because Stutzy took half the crew away for uh, CWF Mid-Atlantic. Damn you, Stutzy. Well, good for them. Yeah, shout out to CWF yeah. I was I was really worried, though, because like, uh, some of the students aren't so, aren't so well-versed in putting the ring together. Yeah. So I was a little nervous we weren't going to be able to get it, get it done. Because I, I I haven't done it since about 2005. Who was your uh, your? Well, expert? you bought the ring in 2006. So. The, uh, the 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 that means I never put it together ever. <laughs> the VIP of the whole thing was Kaplan. Oh Kaplan, wow! Kaplan stepped up to be a leader on uh, the day of the tattoo convention. Did mainly he bring because, his own beer? Mainly because I think that he thought a tattoo convention was you just get a bunch of free tattoos. He did walk around looking for samples. He was looking for free samples. <laughs> So thought, we, he thought it was like Sakio Japan. We had we had the um, big uh, crew of me and Thorne, who were just supervisors, uh, Kaplan, Gary the King Baller, and the one and only Frankie Flynn. But the job got done, so we ended up picking up the ring, and we're driving down. Of course, out of all the group, Kaplan was the one that knew, knows how to get into the convention center through the secret passageway. Oh, that sounds about right. Because his roofing company once had a display at a convention there. Oh, yeah, which this I would have had no idea how to get into this place because where you have to how you get in is like three blocks away 
from where it's actually at. And like, then you have to drive underground. Nothing is marked, by the way. So it totally looks like like a secret government. Or you're layer. going to the Bat Cave or something, or, I, or or like you're at Roswell, or you're going into like some like uh, shitty like. Uh, Shadow government. You can't think of anything to say. I don't know what. False flag. (laughs) You're the you're the king of conspiracies. You can think of to say false flag. I I I I didn't know what to say on the mic. I almost said something else. You're all all fucking wound up because people are saying there's tornadoes touching down. Yeah, we had tornado tornado warnings the last few weeks in Cleveland, Ohio. Let's talk about about tornado warnings. Oh, let's. Uh, The news channels. Oh, we're so concerned. Sending out emergency alerts on the phone. We're so worried for your family. Click here to find out about the tornado warning. Click it. It's a 30-second ad commercial, and then it goes right to a banner ad. So that's really going to save your family in the, in the disaster. Now, you do realize that there were actually tornadoes. that, Like, there was high winds and, I think, potential tornadoes that did touch down when those warnings went out a couple of weeks ago. People posted pictures of things. Just I did not see any. What it's you just go back to those same news channels whose Twitter you follow and they'll send you pictures. There's pictures all over. Yeah, out of the entire state, there was maybe two. No, there were multiple. Not around <laughs> one me. of these days. A tornado I, I, is going to drop a werewolf in your house and you're going to freak we don't out. Talk about that unless we get a hundred follow or hundred uh, reviews. reviews. We're getting off topic, but we might as well get into it. Why don't you think tornadoes are real? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I believe tornadoes are real. But the fact is that 99% of the warnings and the everything else is just propaganda to get publicity for the news channels. Well, they have to, if there is any sort of chance, if there is a .0001% chance. a W in the left-hand corner of the TV screen and move on with your day. Give you a warning because if they don't warn you, I mean... How are you going to know there's a warning when you click the warning and it plays a 30-second wayside furniture ad before it? Well, we should probably... People got to monetize, man. Exactly. It's all money-making skin. You're not going to click the app unless they send a warning out for you to click. So many tornado warnings. Maybe we need to get in on that and throw some uh, AIW ads on there. They just take advantage of it. Back when I was a child, oh okay, they tossed a W in the corner of left hand top corner of the TV screen to mean weather. Yeah, to mean there's bad weather, and they were done with their day. Yeah, and this was before or after the werewolf. Where the W was for that, and they were Quit warning you. They were talking about the werewolf. Maybe they were warning you. I don't see you going on iTunes and putting reviews up. <laughs> Even when we get 100 reviews, he's not going to want to tell the story. No, he, he hates it. Oh, I will tell the story if we get 100 reviews. All right, so. We're at the convention center. You're finally in there. It's a well, tattoo convention. Off, the no. U-Haul has to drive in this secret like door. Yeah. Drive so, down, and so, we have to park and get out before. Well, before. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in Gear of the King Baller's Batmobile, which who would have thought a man from the streets loved Batman so Dude, much? Really? Ba- ba- everything Batman. It's ridiculous. Batman air fresheners. Batman fucking, what are they, foot mats. Bat- Car seats. Yeah, Seat covers, fucking license plate, uh, plate holders. A lot of Batman shit in this guy's Loves car. Loves Batman. Well, that's interesting. So I'm in the Batmobile, the, the baller Batmobile, <laughs> and uh, we're just following these guys along, you know, going through this secret road, and uh, you know, Kaplan, Kaplan's doing all the talking to the security guy. It's like, it's like this unmarked like garage. It says like, it says Medical Innovation Center, which is not where we're fucking going at all. 
I, you know, I see Kaplan hanging out like a truck driver. He's got his hand out the window. Hey, Pally, we're here for the, uh, we're here for the TatCon. He did, he did say Pally. Hey, Pally, come here. We're here for the TatCon. Truly is the blue collar brawler. I got a, I got a wrestling ring in, in the back. I got to go set it up, huh, pal? And, uh, he, guys on the radio. The guy's radioing in. And he's like, he's, this guy's here with a wrestling ring and they let him go. And then we go to drive and he fucking stops us. <laughs> just stands right in front of us like, a fucking like the Batmobile was gonna fucking cause some destruction, and he goes, "You guys can't go in until we we get a radio call that that U-Haul is parked and they are out of the vehicle." And I go, "Oh, that's weird." So he thought there was some serious stuff in there. Yeah. So then never they, checked though, which is the weird part. Yeah, they never checked anything. Okay. And then, uh, well, who was in the U-Haul? Me and Kaplan. Which oh. big? Which. Biggins thought I was trying to take a selfie in my car. I was trying to get a picture of him in this like U-Haul van, <laughs> squished up in there. He looked like the most uncomfortable guy in the so, planet. So they well, saw, the seats, saw you guys as a non-threat. Apparently, it was a 2017 van. I've never seen any any van like this. It felt like we were in like a semi uh, in a semi truck. It was way high up, and it was the seats that bounce. Oh, that's a good time. It made me car sick. <laughs> so you're stopped, and do they they eventually they just radio? Yeah, they, they they give us the old uh, you know the, the the old motion like hey come on now and they they open the garage door up and we we're we're just driving and we're trying to find where this U haul is and yeah, it's Kaplan and I are like where well, the hell are so they so they don't even tell you where the U haul went and it's like totally like an abandoned thing like it's just like there's just not a person in sight and like they're, all they're, of a sudden oh go ahead I'm just there's just like there's just like uh, unmanned like forklifts just parked everywhere and not not a not a soul to be seen. Well, when me Kaplan and I first got there, there was like people walking around like vendors. They were pulling like uh, pallets of like coke and the, or whole, the whole five minutes before we got there. Yeah, it was about right. five minutes. We wondered where the hell they were. We're like, did they not get in or? Uh, so, anyways, they got there, but by the time they got there. There was nobody around, and if anybody's seen the movie The Town, starring Ben Affleck, one of the best movies ever made, it was seemingly spookily like the ending of that movie where it was just abandoned. It was just us in this giant, like underground, like parking lot warehouse area. Spookily is that a word? Spookily, I uh, yeah. It. No, I think that was actually a word. Good job. So. The ring finally. What time of day is this? Because the convention's all day, right? Are you setting up in the middle? Three p.m. What time did the convention actually, or yeah, the yeah, tattoo convention actually start? Uh, all day. So what's going on while you guys are supposed to be setting up the ring? The ring up by five, which we'll get to that. All right. Yeah. So, well, then, you know, it's a big convention center. Yeah. And uh, Biggins calls whoever the promoter guy, and he says, "There's pallets. Start loading the ring on the pallets." At which. This is something we've never done before. We just carry the ring into where and, we're going. And what's yeah. a pallet? Five feet? Well, the pieces, every piece of the restaurant is eight feet. So it's a real maneuver longer. to try to get like a pallet underneath these giant wrestling ring pieces. So Kaplan takes charge and he just starts throwing pallets down and uh, loading the ring up on there. It's like a, it's like a legit loading dock. So they got to lift the ring up, give oh, it to Kaplan. Okay. Uh, so that's like a whole ordeal. And then uh, the ring ends up taking like seven pallets. So uh, then Kaplan has to get like this little hand thing. Kaplan's the only guy. He's he's the blue collar brawler. Yeah, he's the only guy that knows how to do any of this fucking. He's got like the manual hand labor. Yeah, a pallet jack. Yeah. He's the only one that knows how to do any of this manual labor shit. And uh, you know they tell us where to go. Which the promoter of this tattoo convention had on like one of those fucking weird, like some weird suit that you would see in a Facebook ad or something, and like painted nails. It, uh, the suit almost seemed like it was made out of like vinyl. Yeah, very strange character. 
Uh, so then they just they he might have also had a top hat on. He did have a top hat on. <laughs> okay. Oh. And uh, they he showed us where to go. Yeah, they they show us where to go, which they set us up uh, right in front of uh, a stage with some guy that's tattooed completely green doing stand up comedy. Yeah, uh, he's doing stand up comedy and he's like deep throat and lightsabers and stuff. So like, that's what you do in stand up comedy. And apparently, we were ten minutes. Uh, we missed the guy who puts fish hooks into his eyes oh, and then shakes margaritas for the fans. I yeah, don't know so how those two things are intertwined, but I don't know. They booked all sorts of weird entertainment. Later in the night, there was a girl that just got suspended in the air on a giant hula hoop and just like showed her pussy off to the crowd while spinning upside <laughs> we'll, down. We'll get to that because I got a funny story. <laughs> so I, I immediately just start wandering around to see what this tattoo convention is all about, which it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's just people getting tattoos everywhere that's about it like hundreds of people just getting tattoos like but it seems like for them it seems like yeah. the most unsanitary situation though on the planet like there's just people everywhere just like girls with their pants off just getting tattoos on their asses and like just all kinds of fucking weird shit going on people getting pierced very strange situation i've never seen more hand sanitizer in my life i didn't see any hand sanitizer so the ring finally eventually gets set up, right? Yeah, and then we sit there for four okay. fucking hours. So, well, not four hours, but he wants it up by five. It's up by five. I'm texting Puppet, and he only responds with, do you have a staple gun? And I reply with, yes, we had one with the ring. Uh, obviously, it always comes with a staple gun. Yeah, ring always comes with a staple yeah, gun. Yeah, sure. Five o'clock rolls by, no Puppet. Six o'clock rolls by, no Puppet. Six. Literally, literally, after you've walked around the tattoo convention for 30 minutes, you become the boredest fucking person on the planet. There's really nothing to see once you walk around Unless once. you're somebody getting one. Right, which yeah. takes hours. Other right. than that, like, there's really, no, there's really nothing to see. Then there's this fucking House of a Thousand Corpses guy that was in... He did stunts for Waterboy standing next to us the whole time. Oh, that's kind of fun. And this Enigma guy just did three hours of stand-up. Just sucking swords down his throat. <laughs> yeah. He would tell about <laughs> maybe this should be your next comedy. I don't think, I don't think that that's stand up, but all right. just sucking swords down. Well, throat. he would tell like he would tell like five jokes and then just suck swords, just fucking right, just right down there. Yeah. Like oh. not not say one funny fucking thing, then he go, hey, check this out. Star Wars is cool. This is a lightsaber. I'm gonna put it down my throat. Oh, I see what I'm doing wrong here. Well, they kept promoting this one guy is the only guy who can tattoo Disney or Star Wars stuff on you. So then, like, it was a whole thing. Everybody tied in Star Wars because this certain artist was there. Which I think if you probably go into any tattoo shop, they would put Darth Vader on your like arm. And the still the guy standing next to us from House of Thousand Corpses, he was also imposing guy on Veronica Mars. Got his Wiki, got his uh, IMDb up right now. Okay. So what's your issue with the uh, the big tattoo guy who used to be a pro wrestler? Oh, I'm getting to that. Comes after the show. Oh, after the show, Jenkins has to go in order. So what? All right. So what time does Puppet the Midget Whoa, finally show this up? This Enigma guy. Oh, we're still on Enigma. Great. This Enigma guy hands it over to this other like he was like not the like the host. So he's doing this thing where it's a tattoo competition, and they're doing holy it shit, dude. Talk. Talk about fucking boring. boring. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, they give out they give out tat- trophies for tattoos for literally two and a half hours. Wow. Literally, there was what, four tables of trophies? 
I don't even understand what's happening at this point. Well, what it I was, thought it was, was gonna, I thought it was going to be fun, and I was just got real tired. Well, they said we're going to have a tattoo competition, and I'm thinking in my head they're going to make a big production of it and bring all the people out, and the crowd can see their tattoos. No, you got pulled up on stage. You walked over to a table on the stage. You showed your tattoo, and there's a long line, and they would go. Uh, the next competition is gray tattoos between four and six inches. And it would go up and you would show that. This, then, is, what, this is what we did all day. And then, <laughs> and then fucking alcoholic Frankie Flynn is just sitting there jonesing for a drink. And then he gets pissed off because the, the MC guy goes, everybody do not lean on the wrestling ring unless you want pissed off midgets coming and yelling at you. And then he goes... Hey you, Mick Foley's illegitimate son, yelling at Frankie Flynn and Frankie. <laughs> Frankie Flynn turned red. He was gonna go fight the guy. I he love got, that because I call him Skinny Foley. He got so angry and he goes, "This." He goes, "I set this fucking ring up, man." <laughs> and then a poor, unsuspecting, like, like, uh, probably like fifty-something-year-old woman security guard came over and was like, "Hey, I just want to confirm with you guys that you're the ring guys," because he said nobody touched the ring. And Frankie Flynn goes, "Yes, I am with the ring, and I am not Mick Foley's illegitimate son." <laughs> even and though, like, even though it wasn't even the person that said it, <laughs> and the woman was had no idea. She was like real she weird. Doesn't even know who Mick Foley is. So finally, in the middle of this tattoo contest. The guy announces 7 p.m. We're going to have the bloody fucking midgets. And there's he, not one fucking mid- I didn't see a midget all fucking day. I've been walking around this tattoo convention for literally five hours at this point. Not seen one fucking midget. So it's supposed to start at 7. 645 Puppet walks in with a walker. And he's with his buddy who's a midget. And he goes, hey, Chris, nice to meet you. Hey, John, nice to meet you. He goes, thanks for having the ring here. Do you got the staple gun? We go, Yeah. He goes, okay, at 7 o'clock, I'm going on. I'm doing a half hour of stand-up, and then we're having a half hour match. And I go, where's everybody else? And he goes, this is it. Just, <laughs> just him just, and his buddy. Just two midgets. It's not, Which, it's the not, flyer has eight midgets on it. Right. What a fucking worker. So, every the over the whole, because the tattoo contest was just on, like, the the like stage mic. Yeah. Well, they get on the main mic for the whole convention center and they said, everybody, please report to the ring. There's going to be bloody fucking midget brawls. Oh, so, what? Nope. There's just a midget. Well, no, everybody rushes the ring. Then they get on the stage mic and they go, everybody, please turn your attention to puppet. He's going to do a comedy act. <laughs> yeah, they had. I mean, they had, people came running up to see some fucking midgets. So bleeding. the ring is surrounded with people, probably a couple hundred people. Uh, please direct your attention to the stage. So Puppet does his half hour comedy, and he just goes, In two minutes, do you want to see some bloody fucking midgets? And the crowd pops. Of course. Guy goes in the ring. We can't figure out how this guy's going to do any match because he had a walker earlier. Then the other midget that finally shows up, he just smells like he smoked the whole carton of Winston's. This he dude, walks, he, this dude just reeked <laughs> like this guy smelled like worldwide's fucking bedroom. Probably smells like. <laughs> Thorne and I are standing next to the ring. All of a sudden, me and him are parted by this other midget. Just jumps up on the apron and rolls in the ring. This guy smokes so much, so many cigarettes in this half-hour comedy set that you could almost see like the, like the Snoopy or the Peanuts character. Like the smoke is just still oh, coming yeah. off of him. 
Yeah, I just was like, I just want to be like, yo, man, you just need to get a fucking nicotine patch, bro. <laughs> Dude, he must have just been pumping him out, I bet, like outside. Just ripping heaters outside the convention center. Getting ready for his match. Which I don't even know if this guy was even a wrestler. I think it's just a, the closest midget he knew. <laughs> Which, him and Puppet have matching gear. So, they're two midgets wearing the same outfit. Which I think Puppet just had an extra set of yeah, gear. Yeah, probably gave it to him. Time. Right. Picked up, the, picked up this other midget. He's like, hey, he, man, here's some gear. And then he goes, yeah, I'm rolling with it. He probably got a ton of fucking money from this tattoo convention. So they have their match, and I, I never thought they could make a half hour. They did 29 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, because I'm thinking, well, I'm going to videotape this thing on, a, on the GoPro and see if I can monetize this fucking bloody midget brawl. Because I'm thinking they're going to be slicing each other up with fucking glass bottles and all kinds of shit. They don't do nothing except for some chair shots. And some suplexes on the floor, which the guy that we're pretty sure is the never been a wrestler midget, he don't know how to do nothing. He knew how to do a frog splash. What about the staple gun? Didn't never use gets it. used, and he took it with him, and he fucking what? stole it. Never returned the staple gun. I get I get home in the at like an hour after all this goes down. I get a text from Biggins. He goes. He fucking kept the staple gun, man. It just hit me. I walk in my front door and I just it hit me. I go, motherfucker. Because you're walking in, fucking, you're walking in cold with nothing to defend yourself from that fucking werewolf. Gotta watch those midges; they're yeah, sneaky. I, I, I'd staple that werewolf. Yeah. So the so next is we're waiting around for this guy to pay us because he had to get squared up with like the the guy in the vinyl suit. Right. So we tear There's down just the whole fucking cast of characters. Me and Thorne are watching this girl who just does a hula hoop act. She flies around to Deftones. She did a one song. It was a Deftones song, like a dubstep version of it. We're just watching this, and Frankie Flynn finds me and goes, Puppet's looking for you. He could have just walked off without me knowing because I was distracted we were, by this girl. We were mesmerized. Mesmerized. By this, by this fucking pussy dancer in the hula hoop. She had the smallest amount of material that you could legally have somebody at like a tattoo convention she just had it like she was just had some fucking deftone skrillex remix going yeah. and she's just spinning around in the Spread air red eagle just spinning in the air on a hula hoop best thing i saw if that was going on all day i would have had probably more fun and we missed the guys who were gonna supposedly they had this big trapeze act that like she did Right. But the same setup is where they did the thing where the guys would hang from the hooks in their back yeah. and swing around. And they kept promoting it, but then it never happened. Where they just hang people from hooks in their skin. I wanted to see some Zandig shit. Yeah, it didn't happen. We just saw the girl in the hula hoop. Which I was fine with that, but I did right. want to see some Zandig stuff. But I do think it's a rite of passage to fucking rent your ring to puppet the fucking bloody hardcore bloody dwarf psycho guy. So we square up with Puppet. This man had the wad of, wad of money bigger than anything I've yeah, ever seen. Biggins gives him the brother price, and then this guy is walking around with a fucking... Lo- looks like he had half the vault from fucking the Huntington Bank at the Huntington Bank. Now, did it just look center. big in his hand? No, it was like because a cash a little bag. Guy? It was a cash bag full it, of cash. It was, oh, it was, man. It was, ca- it was like a cash bag from the bank when they you get a ton of money out. Yeah. And I go, you, why'd you cut this fucking guy a deal? I think he just made $5,000. He probably promised him nine midgets and showed probably. up with his buddy. Yeah. Smokey. Yeah, he just made off with fucking he just made off with a fucking nicotine guy. Smoking Steve. Which I think that guy just did it for a fucking carton of cigarettes. That guy would have probably done it for free just to right. say say he did something with his life. I was shocked though. Puppet put the fucking little guy over. That's probably part of the part of the reason he got them. Yeah. But they went twenty I filmed it on the GoPro. 
because I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to monetize it since we did such a low fee for the ring rental. I'll try to make a little extra money back. They did 29 minutes in like 30 seconds on the dot from when they got in the ring. He puppets a fucking professional like fucking, the headhunters. Talk talk about hitting your time cues, man. Wow. And there was no time cues, so he was just doing it mentally. Yeah, he just knew it in his head. So you square up with Puppet. Now what happens with you and the guy that's yeah. uh, th- that's on Westworld on HBO? Oh, so we're tearing out what the a, ring. What a uh, IMDB that this guy has going there. What a resume. Yeah, you're what a he resume. might be the new king of searches. He's I might have gave you the new crown. That guy is quite a resume. King of IMDB, dude. Yeah, you're the king of IMDB. We, I'm the king of Google. I never seen still I don't SEO even, over there. All this guy was promoting was he was in House of a Thousand yeah, Corpses. Yeah, he didn't have any other promo shots other than House of a Thousand Corpses. And this fucking guy was... Charging twenty five dollars in eight by ten, and he was cleaning up. He was there was not one time he was Virgil. Yeah, cleaning wow. up. Never even heard of this guy. So this guy comes over to me when they're tearing down the ring and goes, "Man, you guys, you guys got a big crew here." He goes, "One time I did one of these tattoo conventions up in uh, Minneapolis, and the promoter made me do the ring crew, and it sucked. I'm a big guy." Well, that's probably because he knew he was a fucking washout for a wrestling trainer. Yeah, but why would you say that if you're talking wrestling with somebody? It's time to pay his fucking dues. Yeah. But I tell you what, Robert Mukes looks like he's probably the coolest dude in the world. That dude just looks like he he lives a good life. Does he have a bald head? Do you have like the no, shade? No, long, but he looked long, like a biker. Long yeah. hair. He's about 6'10". Just all sorts of fucking skull rings on and stuff. Wow. Leather vest. Leather vest. Looks like right off the set of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, not on his... Not on his... That turns IMDb. out, no. Maybe, maybe they never cast him. Well, they are making the sequel to that show. Maybe he's on the new one, right? Maybe this is like... Uh, what, what do they call it? Like uh, method acting. He's he, trying to get... Yeah. He did play bodyguard number two in Master P's MP The Last Dawn in oh, 1998. Oh, that call back so, to when you were a No Limit Soldier. Yeah, yeah, he's a No Limit Soldier too. Look at that. So You guys have something in common. Robert Mukes. I probably should have got a photo op you with him. probably should have. You have a lot of common. I would have asked him, what's up with Silk the Shocker? This guy's kind of famous. Wow. He was on Dharma and Greg. Now, you were talking about Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Now, did any wrestlers ever make a cameo on that? Uh, I'm not sure. They may have. But you know what? Maybe it wouldn't have got canceled if they would add Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior on Dharma and Greg. You know, we talked about our friends at thriftstorejobber.bigcartel.com. They have the item of the week, and boy, this is a doozy. A 1990s duffel bag. So you could have been buying this duffel bag while Dharma and Greg was on the air. It has Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. It's black and yellow, and it's in mint shape. It's only 55 bucks. If you want to make a statement at the gym, this is the bag for you. You might be going to WrestleMania. Pack all your stuff in this 90s duffel bag. Instagram, thrift store jobber. eBay, thrift store jobber. Thriftstorejobber.bigcardell.com. Maybe we'll even try to get a coupon code, Dharma and Greg, maybe next week. Big cartel, man, not cardell. Cartel. Thriftstorejobber.bigcartel.com. Do you think Darman Greg was on TV, man? Early mid nineties, nineteen ninety seven to two thousand two, man. Is that when it was on? Warrior and Hogan weren't running hot then. 
Oh, yes, they were at WCW, brother. Not not on that duffel bag. Well, this is to remember that when you're watching their Halloween Havoc. You got to do more research, man. <laughs> Let me tell you about fucking Jenna Elfman. I went to the theater to see Krippendorf's tribe. <laughs> what? <laughs> this, is, this is not the only strange venue story that you guys ever have had, correct? Oh, no. Dealing with venues is uh, quite the headache sometimes. Give us Give us an example. Well, uh, we used to run at the West Park Party Center. Uh, like It's like a Knights of Columbus Hall. And the guy who ran it, probably about 95 years old. Minimum. Minimum 95 years old. Uh, so we're dealing with this guy. He hated wrestling. We talk him into having wrestling, which is the story of our life. I don't think we've had too many venues. Yeah, people trust you guys way too much. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the theme of this podcast sometimes. Uh Wrestling has been banned pretty much from every building in uh, Northeast Ohio, and about 99% of it is because of those guys who cut the promos uh, a couple couple weeks ago. The Theater of Pain. The Theater of Pain. pain. That's why they're running the Kmart parking lot now. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to that episode, get on on the ball sack. (laughs) Let me tell you something, Cleveland. (laughs) So we're we're at this Knights of Columbus Hall, and the guy... uh, Here's how I dealt with him because I was like the I got the nickname Chandler the Handler because I became like the venue uh, liaison. Right. So I'd go talk to this guy. Everything was cool. During the show, he would be freaking out about everything. I think every episode you've established that you're called Chandler, Chandler the Handler. Handler. Hey, I'm trying to get it over. I feel I'm like it's to get for, a shirt. It's like for a different reason every time too. Yeah. So I got the name Chandler the Handler because uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just gives his own definitions. Uh, so, anyways, this guy he would get so mad at me during the show because of stuff going on, especially the time that there was a chair riot, which we had no idea was going to happen. So this guy, uh, one time the Necro Butcher threw a guardrail. This guy was freaking out. Uh, Lewis Linden one time did a moonsault and hit the le- uh, like um, the chandelier and broke it. He was not happy. So I would have to deal with this guy throughout the show. But then he would go back to the Knights of Columbus like private bar and start drinking. And then by the end of it, I was his best friend again. He wanted to book more dates with us. But eventually, sadly, this guy passed away because he was an advanced age. Right. R.I.P. R.I.P. building guy. I don't even know his name. Oh, R.I.P. West Park Mr. Center guy. Mr. West Park Party Center. Yeah. yeah. So then this new guy took over and r- immediately raised our rate. Businessman. Then, then he held us up for 50 bucks one time because he said... Our uh, events produce too much garbage. Too much garbage. And then he the goes, fun- if you as want, in, as in, he didn't like how the shows went, or actual accumulation of garbage. No, he said your fans use too many cups and plates. Oh, so he we he keeps holding us up for money. Then he said that our fans vandalized the bathrooms. Oh, but the one t- the last time we were there, we walked into the bathroom when we first got there, and it was already vandalized because he had done it. Before we got there and forgot about it. Yeah, so he was doing the vandalism. He, he was it? vandalizing it to get to take us to, to take it to the board oh. to get us kicked out because he didn't want or wrestling. Hold, or hold us up for for de- our deposits. It was like, a conspiracy, like, yeah, like security deposits. Conspir- it was a which conspiracy is, against which is, you. Which was what led Biggins to be such a conspiracy theorist because he busted this guy conspiring well, against us. I, I believe I was a theorist before this. And but. the final straw was. What they got us wrestling banned there for forever was was not only for the vandalism in the bathroom, but they said our fans used too many paper towels after they used the bathroom, and the expense was just astronomical. He also did not turn the air conditioning on because it says it costs too much money, and it was about 100 degrees outside. So then 
he gets the cop and him and the cop becoming cahoots. So they're going to get a law on his side. Yeah, oh, he had man. the law on his side, like an old, like a walking tall type like situation. Like a true conspiracy. So then this guy, him and the cop, the cop's on his side. Well, they somehow figure out that Colin Delaney is the true promoter of AIW because they were sending people for me and Thorne all day. But we, it's like the principal. If they said, go to the principal's office, you don't go. So they keep calling sending people up to find us because we don't want the show to get shut down. Cause this is the first weekend of Brian Danielson back on the independence. Right. And he keeps threatening. He's going to shut us down because these paper towels. So they get the cop involved. Well, they decide that Colin Delaney somehow owns uh, AIW and he's the management. So they pull him into an office and basically the cop roughs up Colin Delaney, like pushing him against the wall and really getting in his face. Like Batman Joker style. Yeah. Oh, like man. really kind of. I don't get that reference at all. From, uh, yeah, the, from the Dark Knight. Nah, I don't know. When Batman gets uh, Joker oh, yeah, in the yeah, interrogation yeah. room. Yeah, it was very, it wasn't a good look for the cop. So after the main event, we all of a sudden come out of our hiding. And the guy goes, I'm shutting you down. And I go, okay, the show's already over. That was it. The band wrestling. <laughs> good, good, good fucking good good, Boy, good bow on that. Let's really wait for that payoff. Well, he did ask for more money for the paper towels, and I just said, eh, we can't do it, buddy. So did Colin Delaney get like in a fight or anything with these guys? Just roughed up. Well, he's not gonna fight a cop. He just well, that's the, a good call. The guy was just shoving around. He would, def- he, was, it was, he would definitely fight a cop. Yeah, that's now. probably been a precursor to a story already told on the show. Yeah, he was a nice guy at the time. <laughs> oh, at that time he was a nice guy. So that's West Park Party Center. But uh, what is this story I've heard about the one-armed man? Oh, the guy, the bad guy from The Fugitive. <laughs> we we were in between venues after being uh, ejected from the West Park Party Center, and uh, we started running this really small church. It's called, like, the Puritist Church. But the guy that ran it, he only had one arm, and it was very unnerving. And another another venue where we have to sweet-talk our way in. So we sweet-talk our way in. And the guy doesn't even show up for the first show, so we just we he doesn't get the money. So I got to come up like a week later and pay the guy his like room rental. So then the next month we go, oh, they're just gonna leave us be. So we're gonna book Madman Pondo versus Masada and like a fans bring the weapons death match because it was hell on earth. So that was like the tradition of right. Hell on earth is always like the violence. Well, wouldn't you know it? That fucking guy showed up at that show right during right in the middle of that match. Yeah, guy doesn't show up. Uh, we had a Beyond Wrestling show there. We had our sh- two shows. Guy doesn't show up for any of it. Guy shows up in coveralls with one arm covered in mud. I think it was blood. I think it was mud. I but either way. He was definitely digging a ditch. My theory, digging a ditch to put a dead body. As a one-armed man. Yeah. So and he, and that, Richard, it could have been Richard Kimball's wife. So he, that's, that's going to take a while. As a, as, that's probably why he didn't come in. He's probably digging that ditch for the whole fucking day. Yeah. He shows up at 1030 at night. In the middle of, I remember the exact moment, he walked in. We, we talked before about how the fans love to fill Christmas ornaments with thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Man, Man, Pondo, and Masada were hitting each other with these glass ornaments exploding with thumbtacks. And they were hitting each other with them, and that's when the guy walks in. So that was it for wrestling at that building. With his one arm, he just waved us off. Yeah, waved us off. <laughs> what, what, about, the- what about the venue that bo- bounced a check to you? Oh, yeah. that was another one. That was another one in that era. It was a Lakewood Church, uh, St. Gregory's. Well, before that, what about how how mad did you get about Biggins Bucks? I punched Drew Cordero in the face. 
<laughs> you have to explain Biggin's Bucks. Biggin's Bucks, man. That we, we try to create our own currency in AIW. Because, like, for the beer, we have a ticket, right. like a beer ticket. Well, they decided to make Biggins Bucks, but they wouldn't tell me about it. So <laughs> this, Drew, is, this is me, mine and Drew's brainchild. So Drew Cordero is in my car and he goes, oh, yeah, I know what they're doing. I go, tell we me. He goes, we just, no, we they just... swarmed to secrecy. So I just go pop right in the mouth. <laughs> he still didn't, he didn't give it up. Biggins was so hot about the fucking Biggins Bucks, man. I, that, why do you think? Why do you think he, the more power I got, they went away? I still got some in 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 this in this very one bedroom apartment. I'm gonna burn them. I can't wait for the tweets I'm, of everybody wanting Biggins Bucks to come back. Just yeah, well, for the tweet. Please tweet at Chandler Biggins. Please yeah. bring back Biggins Bucks. I'm gonna bring big Biggins Bucks. They're twenty five dollars a piece. Hashtag Biggins Bucks, folks. Big, let's, that's you a, give me twenty five bucks, I'll give you a Biggins. That's, that's bucks. another T shirt, man. A Biggins bucks T shirt, dude. If you give me, if you give me four hundred dollars, four hundred dollars. Yeah. No, I need some kind of money out of this if, Biggins if, bucks. If you listeners get us to one hundred reviews, Chandler Biggins in one episode, one he will announce the return of Biggins bucks, and no, two tell you the werewolf story. You, if somebody goes to our Patreon and gives us $500, I will bring back Biggins books. Forever. You can't get rid of them then. Okay, 500 bucks. That's fine. What if it's, multi- <laughs> what if it's multiple people and then they all put hashtag Biggins bucks? Deal? That's fine. All right, folks. You heard it. Raise $500 on AIW's Patreon account. But it's monthly, though. It, you you, gotta, it, $500 it, monthly for Biggins well, yeah. bucks? No, that's <laughs> That's pushing it's an ongoing, it. That's it's pushing an ongoing it. thing. That's a little bit of much. He's that mad about Biggins bucks. Oh, I hate him. So fucking pissed. I'm not fucking a president. I don't want to be on currency. <laughs> we tried to make, we were trying to make our own currency in AW. We were trying to kind of be our own government. Thinking of Wadsworth bucks, I guess. Then he's the president. No, that doesn't have the same t- ring to that it. That doesn't. Also, not everybody on currency is a president. So there you go. Who? Uh, Alexander Hamilton. Guy's big, close enough to being a president. He's a treasurer. Yeah, that's fine. What are you? Biggins, <laughs> and you need your, you need your own bucks. Yeah, you need your own bucks. Well, right. he's getting flustered right now. Yeah, he, he, I don't believe in he it. He wants to cancel the rest of the session already. He's getting so mad. Yep. All right, so back to the uh, back to the Lakewood building with the Biggins bucks. Yeah, and the check that's going to get bounced. Yeah, so we're in this building, and it's like family ran the church hall, and then across the street was the church. See, I led this in Biggins bucks into the check bonds, and the whole currency thing didn't work out. <laughs> And so now it's sold off. Like I guess it's a school, and then the church is becoming. Uh, they keep talking about it's going to be a bar and a brewery now. Uh, oh. But anyways, it's in it's in the like Lakewood. Uh, so we were there, like and, right next to Mahal's, actually. Right, yeah, right next to Mahal's. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That. Okay. So, we, me and Thorne, the first time we did Warped, this like. Um, guy in like his 40s comes up to us and goes oh we have a hall in lakewood you guys should look into it and we were in need of a venue at a time because this west park party center deal went bad so we ended up looking into this place and like his the guy's dad ran it so this guy the young the well like 40s son he was kind of a goof well he came to us one time before a show and goes fucking goof fucking goof no he's not a fucking goof he's just just a a goof. goof okay he comes to us and goes I got a check for 40 bucks, but the bank is closed. Can you cash it for me? <laughs> and to give the benefit of the doubt to the building. He th- see, he thought Biggins was a big deal because he had his own currency. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> he, he saw him on those dollar bills. AIW cashed it, and then all of a sudden my bank calls me and goes, this is a bad check. <laughs> so then they charged me 25 bucks. So then the building was on the hook for like 65 bucks to us. Uh, so the father was real apologetic. Uh, but this building 
there was a certain two fans that very, very... Okay, this this is the best part of this building. This is where, like, AIW was real kind of, like, just real wild and crazy. Uh, you know, there was there was stories of guys taking girls and into a room with a casket in this church and doing things. So the fans are wild and crazy here because there's so oh, much There's access. all sorts of fans. This is where we're, like... We encouraged people to bring original recipe for locos just so the wrestlers could get drunk before they wrestled. Oh, excellent. Uh, it all sounds like a great idea. Yeah, that was right. The last week of original recipe for loco, we did a, it got covered by the newspaper because we like tweeted like stand up for four loco original recipe. So people are like, Man, you guys are really passionate about four loco. And we said, Anybody that brings four loco, you get five dollars <laughs> off your admission. And I think <laughs> we were only charging like fifteen bucks at the time, so it was a deal. Dude, we had That's so, a great deal. We had so many f- Four like locals. Fucking cooler fool. And uh, Crimson and Corey Graves wrestled each other in a casket match using that very casket that was used with a female earlier in the year in that building uh, after drinking many four locos. But there was the best part about this venue was that there was these two fans that came to every show at this venue. We call them the swinger couple because they would try to get into some swinger situations with the wrestlers and the staff. <laughs> and it was, it was very, very fucking hilarious. It was always swinging out back by the dumpster. About what age was this couple? Nah, mid twenties. Okay, real. Yeah, I mean mid twenties. They're they're the swinger couple though. Yeah, they they used to always get into things with AIW personality cock Lesnards a lot. <laughs> ah, imagine that. And referee cock Lesnards is all about it. Yeah, he was all about getting into that swinger lifestyle, which. To, to bring it kind of full circle, we never saw the, the, the swinger couple. Yeah, once we left that venue, that was it. That was it. They only wanted the swing at that venue. Never saw them again. Sure enough, who's in the beer line at Walk the Plank? The swinger couple returned for the first time in seven years. So I think they're getting ready to get back in the scene. So look out, AIW crowd. The heartwarming story of AIW's 2017 again continues. So if you want to be the fun third, uh, we could help you get hooked up. I think I'm okay, but uh, I'm sure there's... A... It's just an offer for anybody. Oh, for anybody. <laughs> there you go. If you'd like to be in on this swinger couple, just, uh, again, tweet at AI Wrestling hashtag swinger couple, along with hashtag Biggins Bucks for this episode. Uh, I mean, any other fun stories? Five hundred dollars. It could be yours. I mean, there's plenty of stories, but I mean, we could. Yeah, we'll wrap this one up. Yeah, and we then could talk. We could talk about can't them top, day. Can't top the swinger couples. Uh, I feel like there's a certain AIW roster member that could have fun with them, and probably will locate them next show. Oh, they were they were back in full action. They were dropping five dollar tips every every beer that they bought. Well, how about that? I think they're trying to get Nick Zanga into that. <laughs> well, if you enjoy the show, of course. As always, let us know on Twitter, but more importantly, put up a review on iTunes for us and rate, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. And by all means, use the hashtags that we have mentioned throughout the show on this one. Uh, get if them we get started. get to 100, I will reveal the werewolf story. That's right. 100 reviews. Chandler Biggins will give you the werewolf story, folks. Uh, thanks again to all of our sponsors, the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, Smart Mark Video, Angelo's Pizza, Thrift Store Jobber, and of course, Jack Prince. Uh, For Chandler Biggins, John Thorne, my name is Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Can't wait to bring back Biggins bucks. You know. Want me to redo it? No, this is funny. (laughs) I am serious. You guys are making me feel inferior with my reads. (laughs)